Talking Finance with Brian Hirsch, making sense of your finance. Welcome back. Uh, we're talking finance. It's Tuesday, of course. We're talking finance with Brian Hirsch. Brian Hirsch is... Um, uh, the chairperson of Brian Hash Coley and Associates. And Brian today is going to talk to us about one of the methods uh, used to save for both medium and long term, and that is the use of an endowment policy. What is it exactly, and what should we know about it? Hi, Brian. Good morning, KG. Nice to be chatting to you. KG, just a Thank you very much. Just a little bit of feedback from last week. The last few weeks I've been talking about medium, short-term and long-term savings. We've been talking about retirement funds. We talk about the advantage of a retirement annuity and the importance of your pension and provident fund contributions, what they'll be worth. And also saying to individuals, I have a formula where you can work out how much you actually need from my formula. I gave out an email last week and I'll give it out again today because there may have been a glitch and a lot of people that sent notes maybe did not receive it. It's info at anchorcapital.co.za info at anchorcapital.co.za If you want to get that formula, please send us a note and we'll send it to you. But I've been talking also over the last few weeks about money market investments, direct investments, retirement annuities. Those are places you can put money into. I've also been talking about the will, the importance of having a will. The beauty of an endowment policy is there's a big difference between banks and insurance companies in terms of the monies they can take in. An insurance company is very different to a bank. A bank can take daily deposits. It can take fixed deposits for six months a year. It can take any, any investments as long as the period they allow you. An endowment policy, the difference with an insurance company is that an insurance company must invest for a, you must invest for a minimum of five years. And that's where an endowment policy comes in. But the one big advantage of an endowment policy is that you don't need a will because you can appoint a beneficiary. As you know, under a normal investment account or a bank account, you can't have a beneficiary and that is dealt with in the will. But an endowment policy is a five-year investment with an insurance company and you can do not need to appoint, have a will, you just appoint a beneficiary. The second advantage of, a, of an endowment policy, and perhaps the biggest, it is protected against creditors. Creditors never have a claim as long as the monies in that endowment policies have been there for a longer period than three years. So it's protected from creditors. But I wanted to share with you how an endowment policy works. An endowment policy works on the following basis. You, you can either invest monthly or annually in what's called an endowment policy with any of the insurance companies. doesn't matter which insurance company you're investing with. There are two questions you need to ask. What is the cost of the endowment policy? And then the second question is, where's my money going to go? So you can go to an old mutual, a Liberty, a Sunlum endowment policy, and you can virtually invest through old mutual in Liberty, through Liberty in old mutual, and you've got a choice of the different funds. So an endowment policy where an investor enters into a contract with a life insurance company to invest, invest a fixed amount on a monthly or annual basis for that five-year period. Throughout, then you can determine how you want those funds invested, whether you want them invested conservatively or more growth-orientated. 
And in years gone by, people were very concerned about endowments because they seemed very expensive. Now, all these costs are absolutely clear and the new age endowments, everything is transparent. So you then invest for the five years in funds. During and, and when you buy an endowment, particularly when you're putting a lump sum in, it's always good to buy within that endowment maybe five or ten different little contracts within the one endowment. And the reason I'm saying that is because you're allowed to borrow on your endowment policy once in the five-year period, and the insurance company will give you back what you're asking for, but, but a maximum of 5%. So if the fund is doing 8%, the 3% extra, you'll have to wait for the five years. That's a differentiation between a bank and an insurance company. So when you take out an endowment policy, particularly with a lump sum, and you put money in, the big advantage is there's tax advantages because insurance company pays a much lower tax than what people do at their marginal rate. Insurance company's tax is 30%, whereas many people are paying tax at much higher than 30%, up to a maximum of 45 And secondly, the capital gains tax in endowment is only 12% compared to a maximum tax rate of 18%. So there's good at tax advantages. And why you would take out a numerous amount of endowments is because you can cancel each one within that five-year period. So if I invest 500000 and I take 10 policies of 50000 I can cash any one of those 50000 in that five-year period whenever I like, but subject to the value of the initial investment plus 5%. And if the fund's done 9%, you only have to leave the 4%. But it's very, very tax efficient. They open-ended come the end of the period. You can continue them with no further costs. And many retirees have endowment policies to income from their policy after the five-year period, which is tax-free in the hands. You can also borrow an endowment policy if you need funds, but if you need, if you use this method, you just need to find out what interest they'll charge you. So it's a good vehicle because the vehicles you can use is direct investments or endowment policy is an excellent vehicle to use. Hello? Okay. Um, you, hi. Uh, can you hear me? I can hear you clearly, yes. Okay. Okay. So, I mean, perhaps, uh, you know, for me, uh, the best uh, question I can ask regards the information you just gave about an endowment policy is, you know, what is the minimum amount you can invest in an endowment policy? Well, you can invest a mon monthly amount from probably two, three hundred rand a month. So in, yeah. instead of putting it directly into unit trust, you can buy an endowment policy for that two to three hundred rand. And, you know, when you're thinking investing, you've got to be thinking five years anyway. This is not a savings account. Savings account, leave the money in the bank. So if you're going directly into a Satrix, you can buy Satrix through an endowment policy. You can actually buy the endowment policy from a company and you can select that I'm going to have Satrix funds in the endowment policy. So for those in a higher tax bracket, it's a very, very good vehicle. And for those who are and want protection for, for their families and also want to make sure that the proceeds are paid to beneficiaries and not to the estate, which means it's a much quicker and sooner payment after death, an endowment policy is an ideal vehicle. Yeah. So any lump sum... 50,000, 100,000 up, all monthly contributions are all and anything from a few hundred rand a month. Yeah, I found it fascinating that it's money that's also protected from your creditors. It's money that cannot be taken away by anybody else from you. 
Yeah, just remember when you talk about creditors, if you're trying to jippo, if you're trying to hide money because you're in financial Mm -hmm. difficulty and you're concerned about creditors, well, this Mm -hmm. is the the, the beauty of an endowment policy. It's protected from creditors as long as it's been running for longer than three years. It's just to make sure that you haven't just housed money in endowment policy to protect it against creditors. So this is not, but it, it is a factor because people have got into trouble over the years. And once an endowment is run longer than three years, as you know, a life policy, Just to compare, if something happens under a life policy and you are the beneficiary of that life policy, that is also protected from creditors. Fantastic. Um, If you want to ask Brian a question, by the way, regarding an an endowment policy, uh, you know, as you heard him say, we're talking endowment policies. uh, It's a tool, as he says, it's a a tool for saving for both medium and long term. And uh, if you're trying to know uh, about an endowment policy or what you should know about an endowment policy, please call us in the studio line 86 000 0002032 or the WhatsApp line 0614104107. I'm told we have a WhatsApp question for you, Brian. Hi, KG. I invested 1.2 million with Sundam six years ago, and from then to now, that portfolio has only grown 100,000. Can Brian Hirsch tell me what should I do? Thank you. Bye. Yeah. Okay, did that, you hear that, look, Brian? Look, yeah, I did hear it. Now, remember, I've used this term before. The, 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 the caller said, I've invested with Sunlum. So Sunlum is purely the room. He's given Sunlum the funds. But now that 1.2 million had to be invested, and that's what I call the furniture, had to be invested in different funds. And I can't comment because I don't know what funds he invested in. So he needs to have a look at the funds he's invested in to determine why it's only grown in that six-year period around about 7.5%. He's definitely invested in funds that have shown some losses because, you know, you, you can invest in a growth fund, you can invest in an offshore fund, you can invest in a financial fund, a property fund. I would imagine that quite a lot of this investment has gone into property because property over the six years has been an absolute nightmare and has not shown any real returns. The South African equity portfolio, other than those companies that are listed overseas, that operate overseas like the Richmonds, the Billitons, the Naspers, the Process, which are all listed on the Johannesburg Stock Exchange, but all overseas companies have done exceptionally well. So we need to understand what's happened there. So I will give that caller, uh, I'll give the number out again, I'll also give it at the end of the program. The number Mm -hmm. is 011-880-4888. Leave the message on my answering service, leave all your details, where you're calling from, and I will call you back and you can then give me some information to look at the underlying funds. And next next week's program, I will actually comment because people tell me they bought with Sunlam, they bought with Liberty, they bought with Momentum. It's meaningless. That's the, that is the room. You bought from a company, but it's where are those funds being drip-fed into the investment? What investments are they under? That'll be a good example. But how do so you please, control that, Brian? How do you well, control you, that? Someone's uh, got to, someone's got to be advising you. Money. 
Yeah, well, mm-hmm. that's where you require a, a financial advisor to sit with you and evaluate on a regular basis what's happening and what changes you should make. And the role of a yeah. good financial advisor is not that they're experts, but over six years, that return of around about 75 to 8% is pathetic, absolutely pathetic. Yeah. So one needs to understand where actually through Sunlum were those funds invested. Yeah, that's worrying. Okay, we'll continue our conversation with uh, Brian Hirsch in a short while. If you have questions as well regards endowment policies, which is what we're talking about, please call the studio line 86 That's 86 Or the WhatsApp line 61 Drop us a quick and a precise and to-the-point voice note, and Brian will make sure to answer it. But now it's time for the news headline. Luanda Maum is standing by. Welcome back. We're talking finance. It's Tuesday, personal finance with Brian Hirsch. If you just joined us this morning, we're talking about one of the methods used to save for both medium and long term. Uh, and that method is uh, the use of an endowment policy. And uh, what we just learned before we went to break is uh, how important it is to, even when you get an endowment policy, to get uh, the advice of your financial advisor so that uh, your money is invested rightly and can give you the kinds of returns that you want to have. If you want to ask Brian a question, please call on our studio line 86 That's 86 And the WhatsApp line 061-410-4107. Remember, you can ask Brian any question that relates uh, to your finances and uh, make sure to get his contact details um, at the end of the conversation. And he also so make sure to respond um, every week. Obviously, if you send your questions this week, they will re- be responded to next week on his line. So, Brian, we, you know, you were saying that uh, that previous uh, voice note that those returns of a hundred thousand rand after having in- invested over one million rand over a six-year period are appalling. Yes, well, you're talking about less than one and a half percent a year. Now, I know markets have been all over the place, but in 2018, he's going back to 2017, we had a good run-up. Then we had a problem with COVID uh, globally. Mm-hmm. Then the markets recovered strongly in COVID. Uh, 2021 markets hit an all-time high. 2022 was a disastrous year for markets. It was the mm-hmm. start of in high inflation rate, high interest rates globally, uh, particularly in the US and South Africa. And at the same time, uh, many companies, but there's been a good recovery in the last six months. The only area that has not really recovered to the full extent was property. So one would need to look at the underlying what funds was was this individual invested in. So I will report back Mm. next week when hopefully this individual gives me the information so I can evaluate. Because, but when you tell me those type of returns, I, I just, you know, who knows where those funds are invested? Because if they're invested in cash, he would have certainly shown a far better return. In, in cash, I would imagine over that period, that 1.2 million would be worth 1.6 million. So that's how the underperformance mm. is. Yeah. Uh, You know, I I don't know if we can make a a rough assessment uh, based uh, particularly on that same analogy of that caller. If, uh, so that we, we, you know, we sell the idea of an endowment policy. If, let's say, he had invested that 1.2 million six years ago, if it had done well, it would roughly have earned him how much if uh, it was well managed uh, for uh, the period of six years? 
I would imagine somewhere in the order of 1.7 million. On top of the 1.2 or 1.7 no, million in total? In total. But again, as I'm saying to you... Which would over 300,000? Well, no, to be over 500,000 because I'm working, I'm working purely on a rate over the seven years of, let's say, let's six years, let's say, using a rate of mm. around about 6% because markets have, have had a good time. But they average out. But over that period of time, I would imagine 1.2 million should be somewhere in the, about 1.6, 1.7. And let me say, if you put it into an endowment policy, it still would have made no difference because as I made the points, the endowment policy is the name of the investment. But you've still got to decide what funds to feed that money into. And that's the problem. We don't know where people are feeding the money into. And let me also make this comment. There's a very big difference in investing in what we call time-weighted and money-weighted returns. Time-weighted returns are where you put money up front for a five-year period. He spoke about a six-year period. Money-weighted is when you put money in every month. So if you're putting, let's say, let's say 1,000 rand a month away for five years, and you tell me that over that five years you put 60,000 rand away, which is 12,000 rand a year for five years, remember, the, only the first 1,000 rand that you invest, say, today in five years' time would have been there for five years. The second one, this next month's money, would have only been there for four years and 11 months. And in the last mm. month of the five year, the money would have only had 50 days to go. So it's a very mm. different type of return, what we call money-weighted to time-weighted returns. Money-weighted is where you're putting money in monthly. So you can't just say, well, I put 60,000 Rand in, why is it only worth mm. 75 or 80? Because you ha- you've, you've drip-fed the money in. So you've got to look very carefully and understand there's a difference between a lump sum being invested or monthly amounts being invested. Yeah. We have a call in KZN, uh, Brian. It's Nick. Hi, Nick. Good morning. Good morning to you. Um, as I say, it's Nick from, and I'm on the other scale from the previous um, caller. I, when I was 19 years of age, an insurance guy came round. I was earning 230 rand at the time, and he persuaded me to invest 23 rand a month into an endowment. I paid from 19 to 55. How much do you think it paid out, Brian? 23 rand a month. Correct. For 30, sorry, say that again. 23 rand from, a month. From when I was 19 till 55, it, it matured at 55. So that's 36 years. 36 years at 23 rand a month. It's, a, it's about, I worked it out, it's about 12,000 rand I invested. I would imagine somewhere in the order of 57 to 70,000? 250,000 rand. Wow. Okay, so the returns were superb. Yeah, the returns yeah. were superb. But I thought, I thought it was a joke. I thought it was a con at the time, and uh, I got hold of the insurance company, and, and it was a fact. I thought somebody yeah, was conning the, me. <laughs> phenomenal returns. But, you know, very you must returns, remember, yeah. over those periods, we had inflation sometimes running at 11 or 12%, and companies were achieving 14 to 15% returns. I, I, was, I, I, I was working on a, on, on a slightly less return. I'm just having a quick link. I've just put a figure in my, in my machine. Uh, okay, at 12% return, I get to 166,000. So you probably yeah. were getting somewhere in the order of a 14% return. It's unbelievable. I, I couldn't believe yeah. it, yeah. And, that, and don't and forget see, as well, as you say, it was tax-free. Well, because the tax was paid. Yeah, it was, yeah. I've just done the calculation. It was, uh, it was around about 13% return. And you exactly. forgot about it, and you just carried on paying. Now, 
that's the beauty of long-term investing. Don't watch what's happening on a daily, weekly, or monthly basis because all the news is always bad. I mean, you don't sell print if you don't have bad news. All we hear is about what's happening globally. Just stick to your stick to your strategy and carry on. Great, thank you for that call, Nick. Great, thank great, you. great to turn. Well done. That is amazing. I mean, yep. it's incredible. Yep. So well, I mean, it's term. over third. Yeah, it's over a 30-year investment, uh, but at a measly 23 rand, and it got him all of that money. We're going to continue uh, with our conversation around endowment policies with Brian Hirsch, and you can call through uh, for your comments and questions on 086-000-2032, 086-000-2032. We'll be back in a short while. Here, there, and everywhere. SAFM 104.3 FM in Rustenburg. Welcome back. Uh, as uh, you heard, we are in Rustenburg, and uh, we're in Rustenburg for a purpose different than what we're talking, but we'll talk that after 11 o'clock. Of course, we've been invited here by the Department of Public Works, and they are hosting an imbizo. The minister is hosting this imbizo to uh, have an engagement session to develop women and youth enterprises in the construction sector specifically, and uh, we'll talk to them after 11. But for now, we've been talking and Endowment policies with uh, uh, Brian Hirsch. Brian Hirsch is the chairperson of Brian Hirsch Coley and Associates. Um, uh, Brian, welcome back. So, I mean, is that the, the story we just heard? Is that an exceptional story or does it really um, entrench the notion of the idea of investment is always uh, really rooted in long term? Absolutely correct, because, you know, the benefit of long term is you ride out the volatility in markets. I mean, in my I've been in the, I've been in the industry now since 1964, and that's a long time. I mean, next year I'll have been in this industry 60 years. That's really a long time. And I can only say to you that people who've ridden out, take a guy like Warren Buffett, Warren Buffett, who runs, who's head of Berkshire Hathaway, one of the finest companies in the world. He's 93. His partner is nearly 100, Charlie Munger. And they always talk about long-term. Don't worry about short-term fluctuations. Unfortunately, from investors, they can't help it because they're driven. They, they see differently when they're making investments and they can see values on a regular basis. If you think about it, when you buy a property, you don't value a property daily, weekly, monthly. As a matter of fact, if I came and put a post outside your home and valued your home today and came next month and changed the value, and I showed a lower value, you'd thrown the post away. And, but you'd still hold on to the property. But when it comes to investments where you can actually see what's happening, people start to panic when times are bad. And I'm saying, when times are bad, those are the times to be investing. When there's blood on the streets and people are doing badly, that is the time to get into the markets. When everything is euphoric and going mad and wild. Now, Nick went through, because if you go back 36 years, we're talking around about 1987. Now, 1987 was one of the biggest market crashes of all time. 
Markets crashed somewhere in the order of 40% in that month, in October, November 1987. So he would have been buying at the low of the market. And after 1987, the markets went down again in 1997. He never saw that market crash. In 2008, when there was the meltdown globally, the markets went down. So what I'm trying to say, there have been market drops all that time but markets have always recovered to higher levels and he just rode it through and that's what I say to investors ride through but you do need don't think you can do it on your own you do need someone with knowledge and experience and we all govern by phase which is the financial advisory services intermediary act which says provide clients appropriate advice hold their hands through the bad times yeah, we have some voice notes for you, Brian. Good morning, Brian. About endowment policies, what is the commission that is paid to the broker and is this commission negotiable? Thank you. Hello, good morning, KG. It's Nora here in Heidelberg. Uh, could you please ask your guest how does this work? I am currently investing on uh, tax-free savings with APSA and now there's always this issue every month that when I if I did throw out some money on that tax-free savings when I want to deposit money on it on that same month I can't it doesn't allow me it, it, it doesn't allow me to deposit and this happens every time when I want to put money in now this is this is crazy because now you end up using that money you wanted to save is is this how it works that you once you drew out some money on in that month you can't put that money back or you can't put more than that or even less it just doesn't allow me to put anything anything whatsoever thank you goodbye thank you i've got a question for brian regarding a five-day investment so um i have been retrenched at the start of COVID. i have two retirement annuity policies the one was paid up 15 years ago, so that's a smaller one. And then they both mature. When I'm turning 55, then I have to decide about something. But the second one, I, I couldn't pay from March this year, so it's paid up currently. Would it be at best interest to reinvest the one that was paid up this year for five years using the smaller fund withdrawals that would be released this year to pay re repeat premiums until I'm 60. I'm 55 now. Okay. Uh, but okay. do you want to respond to yeah, those three voice okay. notes, Brian? Okay. Three votes. Three, three. Okay, let's first talk about the commission to the commission under endowment policy. Well, a lot of the endowment policies are as and when a percentage of the premium that you make the contribution you're making. Uh, the insurance companies are they negotiable? Well. I don't think they negotiable because it's laid down in the act what, what the broker can get. Remember, the, pre, the commissions and the admin fees are spread over the five-year period, which means if you do terminate early, then there will be a recoupment of what they call unrecouped expenses, which includes commission. But it is a very standard commission in terms of what the broker is going to receive. The second question regarding 
the tax-free savings apps account. Remember, tax if you've got a tax-free savings account and you're using a bank account, I can't see any reason why you can't take money in and out. However, let me make this comment. And if it's an investment contract, then obviously there are conditions laid out in the investment contract. It's not just like a savings account where I can put money. So when you talk again about tax-free savings with APSA, it doesn't matter if you're talking tax-free savings with Coronation or Alan Gray. One would need to understand the underlying contract and what the terms and conditions are. And it sounds as if the terms and conditions are you can't just put money in and out like a bank account. And then the third question about this retirement annuity, look, you, you could both retirement annuities that are paid up could be invested in the, in other, in the underlying investments that are of similar nature. So I don't think it makes any difference if you retain one policy or the other. But if you, you, know, if you can't afford to make contributions, it's no point giving up the one retirement annuity because it's due at 55 to put it into the other. Rather, leave the 55-year-old, leave the 15-year uh, endowment that was paid up, leave it, and make sure that the underlying investments of both endowments are going to set um, achieve what your strategy is. If your strategy is for another five or 10 years, you're going to be very much more growth orientated. You're going to look at offshore funds. So you need to, again, ask someone to help you with that and answer that question. Okay, so we'll continue with more questions for Brian in a short while on the 0860002032 line or the WhatsApp line 0614104107. We're talking endowment policies this Tuesday with Brian Hesh and we'll continue our conversation in a short while. Talking finance with Brian Hesh, making sense of your finance. Welcome back. We are talking finance with Brian Hesh and uh, the number to dial 086-000-2032. We have some voice notes and I'll take one at a time, Brian, to give you the space and the time to respond yeah. to them correctly. Here's the first one. Hello, this is Belinda from Peter Maritzburg. Recently got hold of the return on investment figure for my 15-year-old endowment. Been putting away 350 rand a month. It's sitting at, so if I calculate that, it's, it's, I would have put away 63,000, I'm sitting at 100,000 to date. Uh, the, the figure is 4.3% return on investment. Um, don't pay tax, I'm part-time self-employed, so I feel this endowment policy wasn't really the right vehicle. And where else could I invest my money? Belinda, your, your calculations are, are correct in terms of the number. However, your calculation in term of the 4.3% is incorrect. Because simply, remember, you didn't put 63,000 Rand away day one. You started putting 350 Rand per month away 15 years ago. And 10 years ago, you were still putting 350 Rand away a month. And you only had 10 years to go. And five years, you were putting 350 Rand. So what I'm trying to say is you were staggering your payments. 
So you need to get an actual calculation of what the return is because in the last year, you put 4,200 rand away, which is 350 times 12, but you haven't had in this last year, your return on that 4,200 rand wouldn't be more than maybe 280 to 300 rand. So you've got to get what's called money-weighted returns from the investment house to check up what your actual return is. But I would imagine that your return is probably double the 4.3. But please do me a favor. Will you find out that information and please uh, give us a call? Thanks a lot. Okay, fantastic. Here's the next. See, that's the point I was making, uh, KG. That's the point I was Mm -hmm. making. If you put a lump sum away, then you can say, I put in 60,000, it's worth 100, my return has been pathetic. But when you're putting it in on a monthly basis, you, you must understand that the closer you get to her 15 years, the shorter the period is time to grow. And her, her 14th year contribution and her 15th year contribution, which are 4,250, which is 8,000. Uh, 8, 400 has probably only achieved a 900 rand return which sounds terrible yeah. but we've only had two years to invest we haven't had the long term uh, the next answer was over a long period of time uh, by putting monthly away and he was talking 36 years she's talking 15 mm-hmm. years belinda carry on because all those monies put there that are invested now carry on with that investment but again have a look at the underlying funds you're invested in Fantastic. Uh, the next voice note, please. Good morning to you, KG and Brian. I just want to find out there was bulking of pension fund investments uh, in the uh, post-2000, uh, uh, the year 2000. Why is uh, the pension fund administrators whom were involved in this practice uh, not brought to book? Apparently, they were getting about uh, in excess of 10% uh, return on these investments. Uh, yet they were giving a very meagre uh, uh, portion of this uh, back to the uh, members of those funds. And secondly, uh, 80 billion uh, rand is still lying in reserve accounts. And uh, uh, who actually is deriving a benefit out of this money? Uh, Are the uh, trustees uh, uh, getting paid to do this job or uh, is it a voluntary uh, uh, job to sit on these uh, Uh, pension uh, fund uh, panels uh, at the various uh, employers. Uh, Thank you, Frank Maritzberg. Okay, two questions, the bulking of them prior. So let me explain what was happening is the companies were taking funds in, they were investing it in money market accounts, getting good rates of return. And because they were bulking, they felt they only had to pay uh, into the, the individual funds slightly more than they could have gotten their own. And they were keeping the difference. As far as I understand, all those penalties have been paid and that was dealt with all those years ago. It wasn't as if it just swept under the carpet and nothing happened. There were enormous fines levied against those institutions. Regarding unclaimed benefits, no one benefits from that. It is a, it, it's handled by the, um, uh, the, the pension fund uh, board and each fund has unclaimed benefits and holds those unclaimed benefits and advertises regularly. The only money spent often is trying to trace some of those dependents or those individuals of unclaimed benefits. It is being done and I often give out the details on radio where people, they feel they've got benefits owed to them, where they should be going. Fantastic. Uh, we have another voice note. 
Good morning, Brian. I'm um, 43 years old. I have two uh, properties. Uh, my secondary property is worth about um, a million. I wanted to check whether it's a good idea to sell it and invest the money um, yeah, in an annuity uh, fund or an endowment uh, yeah, fund, or rather just keep the property um, and uh, until I get to retirement age at 65. Thank you. Jabez in my respect. Thanks. I'm getting the message that these are both investment properties. And you know, investment properties, very simply, if you've paid them off, now your return is what rental you get and what expenses have you got. I'm not in, I, I think today, if you've got those type of properties, I think you can do so much better with so much less headaches than having tenants come into your property. However, if your property is geared, which means you've got a bond on the property and the tenant is paying off the bond, then I'm all for that because I do believe in diversification. Not only I believe when you're looking for growth assets, equities and properties where ultimately growth will be achieved, although in property people haven't achieved much in the last six to eight years. So it depends on the property. It depends on the position of the property. It depends on what income you're getting and what your costs are, but you need to do the net. What is your net return? And then you need to talk about the hassles attached to that. And if all those come to maybe moving the money into a property fund where you can invest in industrial warehouse property, commercial properties, or you can invest offshore, you're 43 and you talk about retirement, you've got 20 years, you've got to be growth orientated. Your property is not working for you. Get out of the property and make long-term good investments. There's lots of good companies you can invest with. Fantastic, Brian. Do you want to give your contact details uh, that you've yep. been promising the listeners yep. so that they get in and touch? Just to, and and, and, and I know you said, I'll get, you said I'll try and get back to everyone my next week. Sometimes it takes a little bit longer. My number is, but okay. before I give my number out, please let me give you what you need to do. You need to leave a message on this number. You need to have all your phone numbers. Please, if you don't have a, 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 a number on your phone which allows me to leave a message, it's useless. My number is 011-880-4888. Where are you phoning from? Give me the area because if I do phone you back and you're not available, I'll pass your question on to someone in your region. But if you don't tell me where you are and you don't have an answering service, I can't do that. So, 011-880-4888 and to all our listeners a good enjoy the rest of the week KG all the best in Rustenburg travel safely thank you Brian thank you it's 11 o'clock it's time for the latest news <laughs>